Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. You can stick it to the man and big tech. Join our FTL social mastodon at social.freetalklive.com. You guys uh, are aware of this. I'm, I'm not a normal human being. I, I don't even know what normal is. Sometimes I do things that, you know, might be considered normal human being things. But, um, uh, you know, I don't try to be normal. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not something that I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is what normal people are doing. This is what I should do, too. Right? It's, not, uh, it's not something I get into. I assume you guys are the same. Yeah, I'm not into trying to be normal either. <laughs> Sounds boring. I think um, when I was a kid, like when I was a teenager, you know, like angsty teenager, whatever, yeah. I was like adamantly trying to be different than everyone else. You know what I mean? And I kind of like naturally was different. So I think I took that and ran with I'm like, I'm not I'm clearly not going to fit in with these people. Yeah. So I'm just going to be as different as possible. And like, that's how I'm going to get attention. So that was kind of like my mindset as uh, a teenager, which is like a very like punk. Yeah. Thing. I did. To, I did to do, similar I thing. I, I mean, I fell into a subculture, which was yeah. the uh, the burgeoning brand new uh, thrash metal scene. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, it was stuff that nobody had ever heard before. And like now the stuff I grew up listening to is played on like the classic metal station, oh, which God. is a yeah. new category of music. Classic metal. Because before, cla- I mean, metal, like, I, I guess uh, to me, classic metal would be like Black Sabbath, I guess. Maybe, Kinda. maybe um, like Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. But like anything after that, it's like, oh, that's oh, so, classic. So this past summer, I was doing Makes some, me feel old. I was doing some uh, work on my property and yeah, I had a couple people over. And uh, I have my own like Pandora station that has like my favorite uh, curated like thrash metal and yeah. heavy metal, doom metal, you know, whatever. I got a bunch of my favorite stuff on that station. But. Like, uh, I don't often play, like, the stuff that was popular, yeah. uh, like, when I was growing up. And by popular, I mean, like, a lot of the stuff I listened to got zero airplay for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but, like... You mean, like, the hair metal? No, I hated the Because that's hair what metal. was popular, especially in this area still today. Like, 80s hair metal is super uh, popular um, as far in, as like, I'm the New England area. They co-opted the word metal. That's just pop metal. Yeah. Yeah, it it's yeah. Right. definitely pop metal for sure. Um, but uh, so I discovered a, a canned station that's one that isn't curated by an individual that Pandora themselves curates called Classic Metal. Oh, wow. And so I just put it on while we were doing some some work, some painting inside of a, uh, a building. And, uh, oh, here... Oh, look, it's Ozzy Osbourne, it's Pantera, it's, yeah. you know, Metallica. Yeah, those it's, sounds like classic. You know, yeah. all, all that kind of, Iron Maiden, uh, yeah. Some Black Sabbath, uh, that kind of a thing. Yeah, popular radio stuff. And, and I'm like, stuff. oh, this is where all the, like, good music is. And then I looked at the name of the station, and I'm like, oh. 
Classic <laughs> no, yeah, metal. You- <laughs> Classic. That's like, oh man, you guys. It's like calling it oldies. Like oldies, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the new oldies. Oh apparently, is well, they were. Metal. Um, I know one of my old coworkers from my last nursing job. He was all offended because they were they had like dad rock station and it was all like 90s like grunge and alternative and he was like hey and then he was like wait i i i am a dad and then he's like oh man i feel really old all of a sudden here's a thing that um i'm I'm warning all you youngsters about out there nikki i think you're the youngest one in the studio yep um i didn't expect this uh, but it's happening to me now. Okay. So I grew up listening to the thrash metal, right? Subculture, right? I, I, I hated pop music at the time. Yeah. Uh, Cindy Lauper. Madonna. And like McDonna. Sorry, that's what I call her. <laughs> you know, one billion served. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, but what's happening to me now is um, at some point, like... More music came out that wasn't like the stuff that I was, you know, uh, the 90s came around basically. Yeah. And like a bunch of bands that I thought were like crappy bands. Uh, um, disturbed. Yeah. Uh, stained. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I can't name all of them off the top of my head, but like. Yeah, I'm catching I'm just your like, drift. I'm just like, uh, yeah. All right. So what's happening to me now is these bands. Uh, that came out, uh, you know, sort of after, you know, they were newer, sort of the the next generation uh, of rock and roll and heavy metal and grunge and that kind of stuff uh, came out. And I'm like, oh, these crappy bands, uh, I'm just not going to listen to them. And so I didn't. Well, now, like, these guys are having, like, reunion tours yes. and, like, 20th anniversary. And, it's like, weird to think about. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh, come on, really? Why? Like, I thought I was done with these guys. Yeah, I no, thought I'd back. never have to hear them again. So like, we're back. back. Yeah. yeah, Stained and those bands were like my bands when I was a teenager. Yeah, I actually didn't listen to a lot of rock and stuff like that growing up. I really gravitated toward the traditional Scottish music scene. Ooh, I, nice. I guess for me, I was a little untraditional in the sense that I liked traditional Scottish music. I like bagpipes. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I'm just a little different than most people, I guess. Hey, whatever, whatever trips you trigger, man. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not trying to disparage anybody else's taste. I'm just yeah. you know, expressing that my taste didn't gravitate right. towards these bands. Also, that's a factor of age, too. The interesting dynamic with human beings and music is, for whatever reason, uh, you get into music, you know, as a youth, and then at some point you stop getting into new music. And like everything past that is no longer your music. It's a it's a human dynamic that's as old as time. Uh, like my parental units were into like doo-wop rock, right? The fifties yeah. sound and stuff, right? Some of my uh, parental units were into uh, like my grandparent units. Uh, they were into like big band and swing music, yeah. right? That was their music. They didn't yeah. understand this new fandangled rock yeah. and roll, right? The Elvis and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But then like the next generation was all about like the Beatles, the Elvis, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And the generation after that was all about like the hippie music. And then, you know, the new rock and roll music, the Zeppelins and the Floyds yeah. and all that kind of stuff came after that. And then heavy metal was introduced, right? And that was sort of the rebellious, you know, anti music that all the parents hated, right? You know, and yeah. now it's classic. Yeah. yeah. It's classic. My so. mom has this theory that um, people are always, most people are really into music that was popular when they were in high school. So, right. like, whatever you were listening to in high school. You kind of carry that with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So she loves to point it out. She's like, see? 
So um, one of the things that uh, I don't like a lot is uh, these these bars, uh, if you will, you know, places where they serve alcohol, but they'll play like music, right? Uh, and they'll have like a DJ and they'll have 80s night. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like I accidentally uh, found myself uh, in a bar uh, that was having 80s night. There was nothing up that said it. Apparently, it's just the thing they do, like on a Tuesday or whatever, right? In, yeah. I wandered for food, right? I went yeah. in to have some food. This is in the Seattle area. I wandered in, had some food. I saw some people setting some gear up. I'm like, oh, they're going to have some music later. It didn't occur to me to ask, you know? And so I'm just about finished with my meal anyway, but like, you know, all of a sudden, in walks like people in costume. And, and I don't mean like. It's not Halloween, right? I mean, they are dressing up as if it were the 80s to come to 80s night. Oh, wow. Right? Yes. So they've, yeah. they've used, you know, three cans of Aquanet to make their hair stand four feet tall. <laughs> you know, they're wearing, you know, way too much jewelry, you know, seven things in their ear and, you know, bracelets from their wrist up to their armpits and, you know, that kind of thing. All the classic 80s looks. Um, that they don't wear on a daily basis. Yeah. Right? They don't go to work looking like that. But that's fun though, right? Yeah. They get to like oh, yeah. relive their their youth or whatever. I just it just So something tells me that when you say eighties night, you're not talking about like they're listening to like old Slayer or <laughs> no. Anthrax, right? No. No, that wasn't no. what they were playing. Because like, technically that is eighties music, right? They listen to like <laughs> Poison and Warrant yeah. and Winger, all the uh, crappy bands that Beavis and Butthead no made fun of. No <laughs> Motorhead, no. But then also like eighties pop, right? Yeah. We already mentioned yeah. McDonough yeah. and Lopper and those yeah. types of things. Uh, and just like some of those or like songs, Tears for Fears. Man, when I hear some of those songs, it just gives me a, a like a pit in my stomach feeling. I'm just like, <laughs> oh god, I'm gonna puke. Right? I just, I'm, it's just how I feel about it. Right? Yeah. The eighties, like. Part of it was that the 80s were like sort of the dawn of like digital music. And so they started using the, like, samples. Super techno, too, though. Like they're, very but electronic, but like in a bad way. Robotic. And just like they sampled the crappiest tones yeah. to reuse over and over. Yeah. They have no dynamic yeah. whatsoever. Anyway, before we go on, uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Forkfest, happening June 13th through 16th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Forkfest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Forkfest is decentralized, so there's no ticket cost, and no one is in charge. For more information and to connect with other attendees, you can visit the unofficial website, forkfest.party. That's forkfest.party. Uh, Riley, you are a new mover to New Hampshire, yes? I moved back in July, so I guess technically I'm a new mover. So uh, are you coming to Porkfest, Forkfest? I don't Porkfest, know. Porkfest? I... I would like to go back to Utah to visit family, so I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, keep us updated. Okay. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Um, but uh, for our listeners out there, please uh, attend ForkFest, uh, because I'll be there. Come party with me. I'll be there. Come party with us. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. Um, I'm not really sure which story to grab here. I think we're going to go with... Uh, you guys... Uh, uh, you you both get online, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. And you know you see the memes, you scroll through the social, uh, and there's oftentimes people who uh, I, I don't know, like like make fun of people online for for challenging the official narrative, right? 
Yeah. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, or, oh, suddenly you're a biologist? What do you know, yeah. right? You Where's your doctorate? Just because you can Google something doesn't yeah. mean you're smarter than the doctor, right? Yeah, yeah it's this, this appeal to authority logical fallacy that people love to trot out. So this from Fortune.com. 32-year-old bloggers research forces Harvard Medical School affiliate to retract six papers and correct another 31. Oh, huh. wow. Huh. Yeah. So a blogger is actually making researchers correct things. Who Al- says we can't look things up? Allegations of research fakery at a leading cancer center have turned a spotlight on scientific integrity and the amateur sleuths uncovering image manipulation in published research. Dana Farber Cancer Institute, a Harvard Medical School affiliate, announced January 22nd that it's requesting retractions and corrections of scientific papers after a British blogger flagged problems in early January. Hmm. The blogger, 32-year-old Sholto David of Pontypridd, Wales, is a scientist sleuth who detects cut-and-paste image manipulation in published scientific papers. He's not the only hobbyist poking through pixels. So, first of all, this guy's a hobbyist. He's not getting paid for doing it. Yeah. Yep. Right. And I think that's key, too. I think people who are genuine, real, genuinely really, really interested in a topic. Because yeah. I even see, like, mom bloggers like this online about, like, vaccines. Um, anything just regarding, like, kids and child care. Something that they're really, really interested in. Yeah. They will do, like... Very, very thorough research. Like, they are leaving no stone unturned. And the best part about them is they're not getting paid. So they're, you know, a lot of these doctors and scientists are being paid off by various pharmaceutical companies, politicians, you know, whatever. Right. Um, Right. They favor either a certain uh, drug or a certain treatment based on who's giving them the best deal, who will make their their doctor's office the most money, uh, et cetera, and so on. So other champions of scientific integrity are keeping researchers and science journals on their toes. They use special software, oversized computer monitors, and their eagle eyes to find flipped, duplicated, and stretched images along with potential plagiarism. And uh, before I go on, I just want to point out, uh, somebody said this to me uh, recently, and I think I also saw it in a meme somewhere, but um, the people experiencing the thing are generally more of an expert than the people looking into whatever the thing might yeah, be. Right. I mean, that would make sense, right? right. Um, and, and like, uh, this is anecdotal evidence of this. Uh, there's a, a, a author, blogger uh, called Tim Ferriss who uh, put together um, his own sort of version of the keto diet, right? Uh, But what he did is he went around and just asked people uh, what worked for them. How did they get results, right? And then he, you know, put those all together into a big chart and, like, he's like, okay, well, here's the top 10 things that work, you know, for most people. And he put together a diet uh, based on that. And then people who were having a hard time with whatever diets or doctors were putting them on or whatever, they would try this diet and they would lose. Well, so like, and we're noticing that, I mean, like, look at the first off, 
Let's look at the USDA food pyramid. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're talking about keto, which we know is a lot more healthy yeah. than like the standard American diet. Yep. I mean, the bulk of the food pyramid, they want you to eat so much grains oh, and yeah. glutens oh. and bread, all of which are not only really high calorie, empty calories, they're, yeah. they're basically void of real nutrients. Yeah. They end up being sugar anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And right. they actually, so like not only do they make you fat, but they make people incredibly unhealthy. Yeah. And these things are being, you know, researched by like the alternative scientists mm-hmm. and people are just noticing. They're like, when I cut out pasta and gluten and all these really like dense, you know, uh, high calorie foods yeah. and opt for like a higher fat, you know, more nutritious, yep. uh, nutrient dense diet with higher, like higher in meats, yep. which Proteins. they yep. tell you the the USDA tells you not to do. Right. Right. Um, but that's where people are really seeing results where they're losing weight, but they're also healthier. Yep. People are literally curing their diseases, yep. diseases where like, you know, it's like, oh, well, yeah, you're a diabetic. So you're going to have to take insulin or whatever. Mm-hmm. People are curing not only like physical ailments like that, but I've heard of people curing like, you know, reversing some symptoms of like Alzheimer's and dementia, yep. bipolar, depression. Like people are literally curing themselves, mind and body, yeah. with food, and it's not what the the USDA food right. pyramid. It's not all that crap that's on there. I find it interesting that people are able to reverse or or try and cure some things just by diet. I mean. That should say a lot about the food we're consuming. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it can either be medicine or it can it can kill you. You know, it's either yeah. going to heal you or it's going to kill you. Um, and it's the easiest, cheapest. I mean, we all have to eat, right? Right, <laughs> yeah. So it's like instead of, you know, going through all of these really expensive therapies and medicines, and maybe yeah. that's why, you know, the doctors and the scientists don't necessarily want people to be consuming a truly healthy diet. Yeah. Because they can't monetize that. Right, yeah. It's not a healthcare system. It's a uh, subscription-based uh, health program. Uh, not even health program. It's just a subscription-based medical program. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. They want to create subscribers. They don't want to get you healthy. Right. They want you paying every month for your medications. They you got to come back more and more. Right. Uh, so, at any rate, uh, going back to this story, uh, this hobbyist apparently has caused some mm, corrections to be issued in some scientific papers and whatnot. Uh, at a, a look at the situation at Dana-Farber and the sleuths hunting sloppy errors and outright fabrications. In a January 2nd blog, Sholto David presented suspicious images from more than 30 published papers by four Dana-Farber scientists, including CEO Lori Glimcher and COO William Hahn. Many images appeared to have duplicated segments that would make the scientist's results look stronger. Deception, anyone? Mm-hmm. The papers under scrutiny involve lab research on the workings of cells. One involved samples from bone marrow from human volunteers. The blog post included problems spotted by David and other previously exposed by sleuths on something called PubPeer. That's a site that allows anonymous comments on scientific papers. That's great. I think crowdsourcing that stuff is great. Um, Because, like, sometimes a different set of eyes, regardless of their training, will will get you better results. Uh, Student journalists at the Harvard Crimson covered the story on January 12th, followed by reports in other news media. 
sharpening the attention was the recent plagiarism investigation involving former Harvard president Claudine Gay, who resigned earlier this year. (laughs) Interesting. Hmm. Uh, How did Dana-Farber respond? Uh, Dana-Farber said it already had been looking into some of the problems before the blog post. Uh Uh-huh. Sure they were. By January 22nd, the institution said it was in the process of requesting six retractions of public research, public research, and that another 31 papers warranted corrections. Wow. I'm actually shocked that... Um, They're issuing retractions? <laughs> yeah. And that this is coming kind of based off of just a normal person. Yeah. Just who's just reporting things. I mean, I, I honestly but think this right. is great. They're into it. They're passionate about the yeah. subject, right? And so, like, there's nothing worse than a professional that's not passionate about whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, yeah it's like, not why pa- bother? It's, if you're not passionate about what you do, then why do it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah like, you're not going to be, you know, like, groundbreaking in your field if yeah, you don't actually care. Going through the motions and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, here. Like, the simplest example, uh, uh, because I, I can speak relatively eloquently at least by way of comparison um in the jobs that i've had uh everybody always wants to put me in sales mm-hmm. like oh that guy'd be great at sales i hate sales <laughs> i hate doing like yeah. i do not enjoy the job to me it's a soul-sucking activity oh for uh, sure uh you know this is my personal opinion but i know people who love doing sales and they're great at and it and they would probably make more money than you would in sales they do <laughs> You know, and, so, but because they're passionate about yeah. it, they're they're into it, right? They they give it a better effort. They have better results because they're into it. So yeah. it's important to have that. Um, I know of companies that would take, um, like I worked for a uh, a sport camera company, kind of like GoPro, but they were number two for a while. Uh, and they had uh, what we like to call a super fan, some guy who would get on the uh, the forums and the blogs and the social media and just help people out because he was a super fan. He knew a lot about the products. Yeah. And so the company ended up hiring this guy. That's awesome. He never asked for the job. Yeah. It's just that like one day they reached out to him and like, Hey, you're already kind of doing this. Yeah. Uh, can we, you know, give you a couple of more responsibilities, some official logins, and like pay you to like continue this on? And he was like, yeah. "Sure, that's a nice way to get a job. That's for sure." Yeah, like, um, if you're out there and you're looking for a job, you want to get into like a field, just show up. Like, it doesn't even matter if yeah. you have like the. I mean, it'll matter like if you're trying to be a surgeon. Well, okay, yeah, you might know, need like, to go to med school or but whatever. Like, <laughs> but like, um, I, I've told this story before. There's a guy who wanted to work for NASA, didn't have any college education, couldn't afford to go to college, but he just showed up at the front door of a, a NASA uh, office uh, and like would introduce himself, hand a resume to people, that kind of a thing. And and he was just tenacious. He just mm-hmm. kept showing up. Eventually, somebody was like. Hey, look, man, you know, we obviously can't put you in, like, the control room or whatever, right? But it, we got a janitorial position open. We got a mailroom position. And he was like, sure. And he ended up working for NASA just because he showed up. Yeah, and that's right. important. Showing up is really important. 603-283-6160. We got more about this, these retractions from a blogger on Harvard Medical School affiliate research papers coming up. Plus, your calls and thoughts and more. It's Free Talk Live. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, 
are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com News update. This Sunday, there are brand new developments in the Middle East. U.S. forces have hit more than 30 Houthi targets in Yemen. Now, this comes a day after the U.S. strikes at least 85 targets in Syria and Iraq, where Iran backed proxy groups have been operating. These terrorists have hit more than 160 U.S. military targets in the region. All this in the aftermath of the October 7th Hamas terrorist attack in Israel. They also killed three U.S. soldiers last week in a drone strike. The bodies of the three, two women and one man, brought back to Dover Air Force Base in Delaware on Friday. Turning now to the race for president in 2024, President Biden winning the Democrat primary in South Carolina Saturday. We also learn the president for a second year in a row will not be sitting down for an interview prior to the Super Bowl. No reason has been given. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline. Airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4535. That's 802-341-4535. Appreciate what we do? Help us advertise, market, and promote for just $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com.
I was late on that one. Sorry, guys. Come on, get it together. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. Dude, get your act together, man. What's up with that? It's late at, You're our captain. Come it's, on. It's late at Sunday night. Wait, <laughs> late at night on Sunday? I can't even speak now. Is it the end of the week or the beginning of the week? <laughs> Captain's been broken. Uh, well, I'm not really broken. Oh. I just might be a little tired. All right. That's that's possible. Just momentary lapse. I'm a little tired, too, but, you know. It is simultaneously both the end of the week and the beginning of the week. Okay. Yes. My vote is always for end. It's Schrodinger's day. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You've heard of Schrodinger's immigrant? Simultaneously too lazy to work, but also taking your jobs. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. Uh, Before we go on, I have to say thank you. To Lynette Warren. Lynette is a silver level amplifier. What does it mean to be an amplifier? Well, you can visit amps.freetalklive.com. Amps stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. Uh, it's, a, it's a Patreon type of setup. Lynette uh, is a silver amplifier, which means she gives five bucks a month. What does that $5 a month go to, you might ask? Well, we're on somewhere around 200 radio stations now. Uh, we could be on 250, 300, 350 stations, not out of the question. Uh, it's all up to you. If you believe in the message of freedom, peace, liberty, and prosperity, please consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the show, the hosts, the co-hosts, the callers, uh, please consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. There's different levels. We only ask for five. You can give more. We have people who give much more than the five, and that's fine. You get different little perks for you know the amount of giving that you do, and uh, we think it's your best use of your liberty dollar. So please visit amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again to Lynette Warren. We appreciate you. Thank you for your contribution. All right. So we were talking about this 32-year-old blogger uh, whose research uh, has forced Harvard Medical School affiliate to retract six papers and correct another 31. Uh, he's found uh, images that are, you know, duplicates. Uh, they've been, you know, altered in some way, shape, or form, and some even designed to make the research look more compelling than it actually is. Uh, the Dana Farber said it had already been looking into some of the problems, uh, and but are issuing six retractions, and uh, they're doing corrections on another 31 papers because of uh, amateurs like this person. Retractions are serious when a journal retracts an article that usually means the research is so severely flawed that the findings are no longer reliable. So, six of them. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a few. I mean, and that's concerning because we, we assume and we hope that the scientific process is rather rigorous and writing papers is rather rigorous because you got to go through peer review, check it once or twice or three times, yeah. rough draft, final draft, all these things, but mm-hmm. yet all these papers have to be well, rejected. Well, I mean, but like science is always changing it too, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's so so it it would be one thing if this was just like, oh, they accidentally did some things or maybe data there's, you know, new new findings, science is developing, whatever. But it sounds like the things that they're correcting were um, whoever is writing these articles are being knowing knowingly deceptive. It sounds right. That way. So they're they're editing photos. They're they're doing things 
to kind of get their point across in a non-genuine way yeah. is what it sounds like. Yeah. Which is definitely a problem. I mean, it's one thing to make an honest mistake. It's one thing, you know, like new new science comes out, but it's another thing to be knowingly deceptive. That being said, if I am uh, this Harvard affiliate uh, or affiliates, you know, depending on how the story turns out, um, I might just like ask to employ this guy. You know, depending on if he has a career, you know, whatever. I mean, this guy's an amateur blogger, and he's, you know, found this stuff. So, um, Dr. Barrett Rollins, Research Integrity Officer at Dana-Farber, said in a statement, Following the usual practice at Dana-Farber to review any potential data error and make corrections when warranted, the institution and its scientists already have taken prompt and decisive action in 97% of the cases that have been flagged by blogger Schultel David. So who are the sleuths? California microbiologist Elizabeth Bick, 57, has been sleuthing for a decade. Based on her work, scientific journals have retracted 1,133 articles. Wow. They've corrected 1,017 others and printed 153 expressions of concern, according to a spreadsheet where she tracks what happens after she reports problems. She has found doctored images of bacteria, cell cultures, and Western blots a lab technique for detecting proteins. Science should be about finding the truth, Bick told the Associated Press. She published an analysis in the American Society for Microbiology in 2016. Of more than 20,000 peer-reviewed papers, nearly 4% had image problems, about half where the manipulation seemed intentional, Hmm. as as you guys have both sort of alluded to. Bick's work brings donations from Patreon subscribers of about $2,300 per month and occasional honoraria from speaking engagements. David told AP his Patreon income recently picked up to $216 per month. Wow. Technology has made it easier to root out image manipulation and plagiarism, said Ivan Aransky, who teaches medical journalism at the New York University, and co-founded the Retraction Watch blog. The sleuths download scientific papers and use software tools to help find problems. Others doing the investigative work remain anonymous and post their findings under pseudonyms. Together, they have changed the equation, quote-unquote, in scientific publication, Aransky said. They want science to be and do better, and they are frustrated by how uninterested most people in academia, and certainly in publishing, are in correcting the record. They're also concerned about the erosion of public trust in science. So uh, there's just a little bit more here. Bick said some mistakes could be sloppy errors where images were mislabeled or somebody just grabbed the wrong photo. Okay, uh, human error. That's entirely possible, sure. But some images are obviously altered with sections duplicated, rotated, or flipped. Hmm. Scientists building their careers or seeking tenure face pressure to get published Some may intentionally falsify data, knowing that the process of peer review, when a journal sends a manuscript to experts for comments, is unlikely to catch fakery. At the end of the day, the motivation is to get published, Aransky said. When the images don't match the story you're trying to tell, you beautify them. Like, okay, if you're writing fiction, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. But you're writing a scientific paper, you can't just beautify things. What happens next? Scientific journals investigate errors brought to their attention, but usually keep their processes confidential until they take action with a retraction or a correction. Some journals told the AP they are aware of concerns raised by David's blog post and were looking into 
the matter. So, uh, yeah, you know, where did you get your degree in science? Right? I mean, to be fair, these are some smart people who, you know, I mean, are passionate about their field of work. Oh, yeah. Yes. It sounds like it. Are you talking about the scientists or the the, the bloggers? The bloggers, yeah. yeah. The, okay. the, the, the bloggers so, definitely um, are passionate. Yeah. I mean, they're they're looking through papers and reading them. And, and yeah. this is the thing. Like after, I feel like a lot of people, especially when it comes to like medical doctors, right? A lot of people put them on a pedestal. Like they are some geniuses. They could never be wrong. It's like how dare you question these authority figures? Like they are way smarter than you. They went to school for ten years. Blah blah blah. Uh, I've w- worked with doctors as a nurse. Yeah. I've seen doctors make honest mistakes. They're sure. human beings. Yeah. I've seen doctors do things that are so dumb that even the nurses on the unit like warned them against, like, please don't do this. They still did the thing, and it resulted in uh, awful results for the patient where the person you know, almost died. I've seen this with my own eyes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I've seen doctors make honest mistakes, and I've also seen them just be like, super dangerous and negligent right mm-hmm. huh. so that i kind of i i never really felt like these authority figures were like so much like like godlike i never really saw them that way yeah. but after working with doctors mm-hmm. uh and you know other people as well like you know just even like studying politics it's like these people like really are they're just normal people yeah oh yeah they're normal people who yeah. have you know, gained some knowledge doing some studying or whatever and working in various fields but they're still normal people uh, exactly. So to, to to make it seem like, you know, I'm some idiot in comparison and I like, how dare I question the narrative? How dare I question, you know, all of these things that, you know, some pediatrician is saying is is safe and, you know, best practice. It's yeah. like, yeah, well, they were also giving women x-rays in pregnancy, mm. you know, before they invented the ultrasound. Right. So it's like, okay, science and medical technology is always developing. And it's like things that we used to think were safe now are widely accepted as like that was not good. Yeah. So I, I just, it just seems really irresponsible to not question the narrative. And it seems irresponsible to not do any of your own research and to just blindly right. trust these quote unquote experts. I think well, the problem comes when we trust these so-called experts all the time. And like Nikki was saying, it's important to question everything, question reality, question authority, think for yourself, question authority is what uh, Timothy Leary said, think for yourself, question authority. I think questioning authority is how he gets to the position of what is true, what is not. Scientists back in the day used to question authority, the, the right. Catholic Church or whatever, yeah. to determine what is really going on in the universe. And I think that's important to remember. We have to remember that every time we ask questions, we're going to get answers. And we have to be willing to ask questions that may... Go against the narrative at times. Yeah, questions should be the default for anyone involved in uh, medical science in general. Uh, like, that's that's where all sciences come from, is asking questions about things. Yeah. Uh, there's a term that exists in the medical industry that uh, everybody knows, but, like, a lot of people don't use. It's called a second opinion. Yeah, yeah right. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Nikki, uh, there's a television show that, y- if you haven't seen it, you might be interested in. Uh, there's two seasons now. It's called Doctor Death. It is. Uh, it's very compelling. Uh, it, each season focus on uh, a, a you know based on a true story 
some doctor who causes a lot of people to die. And, yeah. and they go through the story of Is why. it a true story? Uh, both of them, yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, they're... Because you know, there was a gentleman they're fixed, who was... They're, they're, not, they're not fictional. They're produced, right? So there's yeah. actors playing the yeah, parts, yeah, yeah. and there's a but, script But and there was a gentleman. I forget if he was from, like, Boston or where he was from, but it was some doctor in the United States who they coined Dr. Death yes. because he was just so, like, blatantly negligent and, like, very dangerous and killed a bunch of people. So this is a, a, a television season. There's two seasons now. A television show, two seasons now. Uh, the first one, I believe, is what you're talking about, and the second one is like another doctor okay yeah, yeah. i'm of, sure there's plenty of, sort of them. similarly yeah. happened so um but yeah they they go through that and like it, it makes you wonder too because these people are humans a, a lot of people they go to the hospital and they think oh the doctors know what they're doing well maybe like how do you know you know how do you know how much yeah. they had to drink last night you know how, how hungover are they when they yeah. perform whatever procedure they're performing on you you know um so if you don't do your own research you're just b- putting blind faith into another human being yeah you know, particularly when it comes to like your own health and procedures and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I encourage people to, uh, you know, learn as you go. I know uh, many doctors get frustrated when when a patient sort of tries to, uh, you know, uh, diagnose themselves. Yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. But who knows themselves better than you? Yeah. I, I think a lot of people nowadays outsource a lot of... Um just everything, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so like a lot of like the self-responsibility, yep. um, anything to do with their health care. I mean, like everything is outsourced. And I do think that when people, a lot of people are super disconnected from themselves, right? So you would assume, yeah, you're in your own body. No one knows what you are feeling and what you are going through as, as, as much as you do. Right. But I think so many people are just so used to outsourcing to doctors and, and, and just everybody in general that they... They kind of lose a little bit of that intuition. Um, they, they really do. And it comes back to this whole idea of you have to, like, for example, a lot of people trust their religious leaders to tell them the truth about the afterlife or what some supposed God wants for their lives. But they never question. And, you know, people follow this habit of questioning because... It's easier to go along with the narrative and the doctors and the, the the authority figures because then you don't have to ask the questions. Then you can just like, okay, I'll do whatever that man or woman says or that the authority figure says. It's just easier to go along to get along. So, uh, segue. Whiplash segue. Don't hurt your neck. I'll try not to. Billionaires reveal doping Olympics plan. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> So uh, you guys know that in most professional sports, PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs, yeah. are mm-hmm. are frowned upon, banned, uh, can get yep. you kicked out, ruin careers, uh, lives, and you know that kind of stuff, right? Well, these guys want to go the other direction. Uh, the enhanced games, backed by a bunch of Silicon Valley VIPs, bills itself as the Olympics of the future. PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel is among a handful of tech billionaires bankrolling the Enhanced Games, a privately funded sporting contest that encourages doping and transhumanist-inspired upgrades. Mm-hmm. According that could be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like I, you know, steroids have been around forever, right? As far as like bodybuilding and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff. So, like, I mean, dudes can get pretty huge pretty quickly, you know, and like. 
the more that that has existed, uh, you know, sort of the the techniques have become refined and like, you know, you can minimize the damage it's going to do to you and stuff like that. Um, But apparently they posted about this on Twitter uh, and they have an official account uh, for the games on, uh, let's see, when was this on just this past Tuesday? Venture capitalist Christian Angermayer and former Coinbase CTO Vital Srinivasan were also named as contributors to the game's investor circle. The funding round yielded enough capital to pay for the first edition of the games, founder Australian venture capitalist Aaron D'Souza told the New York Post on Tuesday. However, D'Souza declined to reveal the absolute total raised, merely stating that it was in the high single-digit millions. Wow. Wow. So, eight, nine million? Is that what we're talking about? Sounds like it. Thiel reported plans to provide more details regarding his investment in April and will promote the games during the real Olympics. <laughs> oh, wow. That'd be, that'd be interesting to have enhanced Olympics right next to the real Olympics. So this is different than the Florida Man Olympics? Yes. <laughs> yes. Although... Are steroids allowed in the Florida Man Olympics, I wonder? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. The Palantir CEO himself is an avid doper, taking human growth hormone hormone and metformin for muscle building and anti-aging purposes, respectively. It's weird to take metformin for that, but okay. What is metformin? It's a diabetes drug. Yeah. Keeps your blood sugar low. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I think it helps people lose weight, too, I would assume. Probably lose fat, right? Because the, Yeah, probably the, fat. Like yeah. the HGH and steroids are generally for building muscle. Yep. And so it stands the reason that if you could take something to reduce yeah, your so fat. Yeah, so I guess it would be a good it, it'll, combination. I'm just thinking out loud here. Yeah, yeah. I, I know none I, of I'm this. Sure, yeah, but I'm sure that's probably the, the idea. I'm not a medical professional. Nikki, you're closer to that than I am. Um, but he hopes to be cryogenically frozen before death. Well, this guy's just really, you know, going for it. Like, on, on some level, like, this is expected, right? This, like, people are like, some people are like, anti-transhumanism. Like, we don't want to enhance the humans. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, so nature does that sort of by itself already. It's called evolution. Yep. Right? There are evolutionary prophes- prophes- yeah, processes at work every day. Yeah. Uh, so, and I've said this before, I sort of predict that... Uh, Human beings are going to divide into two uh, separate um, factions, if you will. And I don't mean Democrat and Republican. I mean regular humans or, you know, we'll call them natural humans. And then the trans humans, right? And I don't mean... Didn't they already do that? I don't mean humans that are trans. I mean, like, enhanced humans, right? So we'll yeah. have natural humans, so Robots. to speak. And, and enhanced cyborgs, humans. Cyborgs, right? Yeah, could, the cyborgs. Could be up to yeah. that. Like, uh, how about just supplemental Borg, right? Like, you know, oh, I have a robot arm. Well, they already... Right? Maybe this was... I don't know if this was a real thing, so I don't even know if I should say this. But I saw that... Um, Elon Musk, his Neuralink thing. I think they just had the first person. I'm like, I can't remember if this was the Babylon Bee or if this really happened. I had a story for that in show prep, but I didn't, I didn't bring it up for today. Uh, Okay, I'm glad it was real and I wasn't just starting rumors. What are you, Tim from Florida? Please, (laughs) (laughs) not again. Um, Yeah, I haven't, I haven't delved into it either, and you know, I kind of figured that everybody else would be talking about that. You know, so, I mean, if y'all want to cover it on, you know, later on in the yeah, week, we'll Wednesday, see. Thursday or something, feel free. 
Uh, several cities are currently in talks to host the games, D'Souza claimed, predicting the first competition will take place by the middle of next year. Uh, using existing sporting facilities and attempt to avoid the taxpayer-funded bonanza of construction that typically occurs when cities compete to host the Olympics. Well, yeah, I mean, like, if there's an empty thing that will hold enough people for you to host this thing and you don't have to build it, why wouldn't you? Yeah. If you want to go roller skating, you don't get a bunch of people together and get a bunch of money and be like, hey, let's build a skating rink. Yeah, you just right. go you use go somebody else's find someone else's you rink. Just go find someone else's Or way. you find a building that's suitable for your purposes and use yep. it. At any rate, in addition to taking performance-enhancing drugs, athletes are encouraged to use so-called performance technology, like polyurethane swimming supersuits, banned by FINA in 2010 after they were used to break 55 world records hmm. in a single year. D'Souza justified the idea of allowing athletes to take drugs out in the open and honestly by claiming that 44% of Olympians admit to using banned substances while only 1% get caught. Wow. Wow. I thought they tested everybody for it. or do, I mean, They, they do, supposedly. So does the NFL, but like every now and again, some guy like, you know, smoked a joint when he shouldn't have and, you know, he'll get suspended for a while or whatever. Um, He cast his pro-doping outlook as a stand for medical freedom, telling the Post individuals should be able to make choices about their body and no one, whether it's a sports federation or a government, should be able to tell them what to do about it. Yay! Yay! Exactly. That's that's the whole point is we we don't need a group of strangers telling us what we can and can't do with our bodies. Yeah, so currently in in sports, um, you know, generally the most successful people are I, I don't want to say this without sounding insulting, but they're they're the the genetic freaks, right? Yeah. You know, they're 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 taller, they're faster, they're stronger, right? They're they're the top, you know, uh 5% of humanity as far as you know athletics or strength and and that kind of a thing are concerned. So uh, currently sports is just filtering out for what are already like you know evolutionary uh oddities. Yeah. Right? And these are the people who are tops in sports. I mean, yeah, there's a reason why most basketball players are like almost 7 feet tall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if somebody who wasn't 7 feet tall tried to play basketball with these guys, they probably wouldn't make it very far. Right. Or uh, NFL offensive linemen are all around 300 pounds. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to be I mean? big guys, be offensive linemen. Yeah. And they are offensive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted to finish a thought I had earlier and I, I forgot it again. <laughs> all right. Well, more article. The investor also pitched his event as a boon to scientific research with athletes as guinea pigs testing which compounds and therapies work for extending human life. And I think that this is an important point here. Um, You don't make progress without innovation. You don't get innovation without competition. You don't get competition unless competition is open. Right. And so, like, I have no problem. If people want to uh, experiment with these drugs and see how you know how big muscles can they get, how high can they jump, how fast can they run, how many jumping jacks, I mean, can they do, whatever it is, yeah, right? people are already doing that, yeah. but they're not allowed right. to compete in these things. So it would be interesting. Like, let's actually put this to the test. Yeah, because right now it's kind of just guys taking steroids and like getting really big at the gym. Right, you know what I mean. But they're not really like 
necessarily pushing themselves to their limits, I suppose, like in a competitive sense. Right. We're not getting the data on how accurate the records are going to be and how much faster they're going to be. Indeed. We are out of time. Uh, Thank you for joining me tonight, Riley. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you to all of our listeners uh, and our callers. We appreciate you. If you missed any part of tonight's program, find the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks and peace. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422.